Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Bring us in, babe. Welcome to Coco Caliente. What an exciting episode we have today. It is. And it's wh- about sea turtles. It's about turtles. It's about animals. Nicole's an animal lover. And I am. We have uh, Melissa Bernhard. She is a researcher and she works at a conservatory for sea turtles. Yeah. She's a marine biologist. She, yeah, she went and back. sea and- turtle expert. That's pretty BA if you I ask know. me. It, it, like, it, <laughs> like who, if you think about it, like that's such a specific job to go and like, an occupation to have, right? Yeah. Like you're studying one one specific type of sea turtle. Yeah, not even like all the species. Like she yeah. she studies one, I think it's like the loggerhead or something like that, mm-hmm. which she knows everything about the loggerhead sea turtles. So It's just very interesting. It is. It is. I actually really enjoyed this one. Um Mm-hmm. It was very, very informative. I felt like I was like on a Nat Geo or Discovery Channel type thing, how she's talking about it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it is, it's really nice to bring this podcast back to the stuff that we love. And especially, I mean, I love animals, but especially what you love. You love research. You love cold, hard <laughs> facts. You love, you know, that type of thing. Not the gossipy, you know, type yeah, podcast. No. Like this is, this is what you like, the expert um, This is re- rejuvenating me. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. It makes us feel. It makes me feel more like like this is purposeful. Mm-hmm. Like we're spreading knowledge that can help the help, yeah, actually, help the world instead of just like other things. It's <laughs> interesting that you said that because uh, the an episode that I did while you were gone. Yeah, Angels for Change. Yeah, I was talking about. Uh, if you guys didn't hear it, you can go back and listen to it. Basically, an organization that gets medications. Mm-hmm for people that can't get medications for cancer-saving treatments, right? right? Which is bizarre. The Mm -hmm. treatment's there. You just can't get it. Well, somebody listened to our podcast and reached out to Angels for Change, and their son was able to get the treatment that he needed, which he didn't have before. So, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, so maybe somebody listens to this and decides that their calling is to help turtles or they just want to help or, or, you know. Or just we know as, like. Be more conscious. How can we help them without, you know. With all the studying and everything, <laughs> just like basic, how can you and I every day help these sea turtles? Exactly. So we hope you guys enjoy Melissa Bernhard. Hello. Hello. Hello, <laughs> Melissa. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing today? Uh, good, good. Is this weird for you? Do you ever do podcasts, by the way? I have only done our like 
institutional podcast once, and that was probably two or three years ago. Oh, we're anti-establishment. This is not the institution. No. <laughs> <Yes>. no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hi, Melissa. I'm Victor, and my co-host and my beautiful fiance. Hi, I'm Nicole. Hi. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we had it was interesting because we had a list of people that we could podcast with, like potential guests. And as soon as we saw like marine biologists, turtles, like conservation, <laughs> we're like, oh, we have to have her. <laughs> yep. This, you know, is so interesting. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the nice things about what I do is everybody wants to talk about it. So it's really easy to engage people and interest them. Is it to the so. point where it's annoying? Like are, like at a dinner party or something? Or you're like, all right, can we talk about something else that's not turtles? <laughs> It, it can't. It, I don't know if annoying is the right word, but it gets repetitive sometimes. Got yes, you. Sure. Okay. Fair enough. Fair well, enough. We we like to joke that we should uh, change our, the shirts that we wear on the beach for work into just like the top ten answers, so that as we're like bending over working on stuff, they can just read oh mm. one hundred <laughs> eggs or oh. It'll take two months or, you know, things like that. So <laughs> just, like, just read the answer that they want and then move on. But um, Well, that's interesting. Just... Well, Melissa, tell, tell our listeners uh, who you are and what you do. Yeah. So my name is Melissa Bernhard. I am a senior biologist and the conservation manager of the Sea Turtle Conservation and Research Program at Moat Marine Laboratory in Sarasota, Florida. Uh, which is a bit of a mouthful, but basically it means that I run the day-to-day aspects of our sea turtle nesting surveys uh, that are conducted to basically get data on the nesting population of our local sea turtles. So you're saving the world one sea turtle at a time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to, yeah. (laughs) So when you went to, I think it's, how do you pronounce it? Is that Cootstown University? Uh, Cutstown. Yeah. So when you went to Cutstown University in Pennsylvania uh, as a freshman, were you like, well, you know what? I'm going to go in here and I'm going to study uh, marine sciences and biology to save sea turtles. Was that the goal from the beginning? Um, kind of. You could go even farther back to uh, when I was probably still in elementary school. We saw some turtles at like a local park and I spent hours just watching them and they were pond turtles but uh from there i was like you know these turtle things they're really cool started reading a lot of books about them i got into reptiles in general from there um and i really just liked that reptiles weren't mammals um trying i guess to be a little hipster and not so mainstream (laughs) 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 i don't know if i can call myself that um but uh I really, really liked the ocean, Uh, so I wanted to do reptiles and the ocean, which actually don't really go hand in hand very much. There aren't very marine reptiles, very many marine reptiles. Um, So that's where the sea turtle part kind of came into play. So what's the the main difference between a reptile and a mammal? Actually, Nicole, do you know this? Yes, I do. Aren't they warm-blooded? Mammals are warm-blooded. Right? Uh, most of them are, yeah. Oh, most um, of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly, I don't I'm know. I'm not actually sure. Uh, <laughs> I, again, I'm not a, a mammal expert. Yeah. Um, but they are fairly closely related classes of animals uh, com- versus like uh, mammals and uh, fish or mammals and 
coral. Those obviously are much more different than mm-hmm. mammals and reptiles. They're both still amniotes. So they have similar um, aspects to their reproduction and development. Um, but reptiles, yeah, they have very different physiology than mammals do. Does it have to be um, like, it has to do with like eggs? Like one has eggs or are there reptiles that have live births? Oh, yeah. There are reptiles that give live birth. Oh. Snakes are super weird. Um, you can there are some some groups of snakes that give live birth. There are some groups of snakes that lay eggs and still give live birth. Like the eggs from within them hatch uh, <laughs> versus like a placental connection, like mm. a, a mammal has. Oh. Um, and there are some mammals that lay eggs. Uh, so it's not oh my gosh, exclusively in, in school. They make it seem so clear cut. Like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> like uh, there's no yeah. outliers. Fur, fur, and yeah. live births, and uh, no fur and eggs. That's yes. what it makes it seem like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So fur is very mam- mammalian. If it has fur, um, like true fur, true hair, that's a mammalian thing. Um, producing milk is a very mammalian thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the scales of reptiles is a very reptilian thing, though. Obviously, fish have scales as well. Um, and a lot of it really has to do with less the anatomy and more the internal workings of them. Because mm. um, if you look at skeletons, for example, you can see so many similarities between, you know, a cat and a turtle, excluding right. the shell, obviously. But um, they they look similar in structure in a lot of ways, but have different genetics that make things work differently if that makes sense yeah, yeah. that makes total Absolutely. sense you're, yeah. you're you're dumbing it down for me in a way that i can understand it so i appreciate that <laughs> this episode is brought to you by issue if you're creative you know the drill you're finally done editing it's perfect now you just need to format and reformat for every single platform with issue make it once and it's ready to post everywhere issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute Beautiful digital publications from brochures to magazines to sales collateral and more. It's perfect for creators, marketers, designers, educators, publishers, salespeople, or anyone that wants to make eye-catching content. And Issue makes it easy. Simply upload your PDF and files and Issue transforms them using your vision and customizable templates to create the content you want. And you can start using Issue for free. Get started with Issue today. If you sign up for a premium account, you will get 50% off when you go to issue.com slash podcast and use promo code COCO. That's issue, I-S-S-U-U dot com slash podcast and use promo code COCO, C-O-C-O at checkout for your free account or 50% off your premium account. That's issue.com slash podcast with promo code COCO. Um, and so when you were, so when you graduated, uh, uh, Town University, did you, how did mm-hmm. you come about going to this, uh, internship at the Sea Turtle Conservation? Like wh- where did that even come about? I actually, I did the internship while I was still at Cutstown. I did it between my junior and senior year. Oh. Um, one of our, our requirements for our science majors was to do either an independent research project or, an internship, and I actually wound up doing both. Um, but overachiever. Uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> but they, they it, to get experience in in different things because internship is a lot more, um, you know, in the actual yeah, like a hands on in the field, hands on sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, and the research was designed to kind of get us experience with designing research projects uh, and executing them. 
while simple compared to what most researchers do on, on grander scales, uh, but to prepare us for grad school in that way, whereas an internship in, in theory, I guess, is more preparing you for, you know, jumping into the, the job world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I was pretty set on going to grad school, but still wanted to do the internship to kind of get my foot in the door, so to speak, and also just make sure that grad school was what I wanted to do. Um, so I just found the internship online. Oh. There are lots of really great <laughs> uh, ways to search for internships online. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of job boards, lots of um, people who know people um, that professors know and that sort of thing. So I applied to a couple and wound up coming here. That's cool. So you, you went from Pennsylvania to Florida because that's in like, uh, what was it called? Key Lago. Is that Key Lago? Is that where it's at? We're in Sarasota, which is on the west coast, about halfway up the peninsula oh, okay. um, near Tampa Bay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, there is a moat facility that is down in the Keys for a lot of the coral restoration work that's done and some of the other things like that. Uh, but the main campus where we are is in Sarasota. Is that, and that's where you live? <clears throat> Ooh, sorry. I got a frog in my throat. Is that where you live full time <laughs> now? Yes. Yep. Okay, and then so when you finished the internship, you went back to get your master's, and then uh, and then now you're there full time as a senior biologist. Am I correct? Yeah, yep. So I I actually went back, finished my senior year of college at Kutztown, and then I came back here for a second summer of the internship, doing a different aspect of it, uh, doing the nighttime tagging work, and then from there went to grad school and then came back as an employee. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And so when I think yeah. about the work you do, I think I, in my mind, I, you know, I'd be like, oh, I get to play with turtles all day, right? <laughs> I get to play with them. I get to pet them and, you know, talk and hang out. And so, but what is, what is the real, like, what, what is... What I think it, you hang out with the eggs, don't you? <laughs> yeah, they actually have pretty limited interaction with the actual animals yeah. themselves. Because mm. uh, my role in, the, in our program here primarily works on data collection of the wild nesting population of turtles. Um, We have other groups here that do rehab and stranding um, response and some people that take care of resident animals in the aquarium part of of our facility. But what I do is just the wild animal nesting surveys. And one thing not everybody realizes is that sea turtles nest at night Mm -hmm. and on the beach, but they spent the entire rest of their lives in the ocean. So there's actually fairly limited human sea turtle interaction unless the animal is sick or you're on a boat. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, which is honestly good because the human turtle interaction often is negative. Um, uh, Whether it's intentional or usually it's not, but Mm. um, it's still, they're, they're very simplistic animals and... So yeah, so what's their yeah. cycle like? So to mama mama turtle, right? Mm-hmm. Mama turtle mm-hmm. comes up on the beach at night. She digs yep. a hole of some sort, right? Her nest, puts mm-hmm. the eggs in there and then like kind of pats it down a little bit so it's hidden or I mean Yeah. That's my so simplistic. Digs, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a really good good simplistic way. Yeah, she digs up or she crawls up on the beach, she digs with her back flippers. Um digs a hole deposits her eggs, fills in the hole with her back flippers, and then uses her front flippers to kind of create a disguised area, a big area of thrown sand. So it's less of like, here's my hole of eggs, and more just here's a mound where eggs might be. 
um, mm-hmm. and then crawls back into the ocean and never sees them again. So, wow. and, you, and you said earlier that on the back of your shirt, you wanted to say a hundred eggs. So does she lay a hundred eggs at a time? Then? Uh, approximately. Okay. Yes. Oh, wow. There's a lot of, there's a lot of variation. They're mm-hmm. actually very individual, uh, animals. And mm-hmm. as soon as you think, you know, one thing, certainly about turtles the next like four you see will be completely different um because that's what they like to do so Um. (laughs) so is mama bear i i a mama turtle i picture mama turtle as like that big turtle from nemo that's like surfing through the reef is that what like a loggerhead sea turtle looks like do they get that big or yeah i think that's supposed to be a green turtle um Mm. which is a different species but yeah a loggerhead adult is 200 to 300 pounds. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're usually, uh, you know, two to three feet wide and three to four feet long or so. Oh my gosh. Um, And is that, is that head to flipper or is that like shell? Uh, That's their shell. Most of the measurements for turtles are done on the shell. Oh, so they're even bigger than that. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> I would have never get. So, have you seen the? I mean, if you're doing like the the people that are doing the nighttime stuff, do they yeah. normally see these big mama turtles come up and onto the shore? Yeah, that's the um, the main goal of the nighttime crews that we have is to uh, see the nesting females in a way that doesn't disturb her, mm-hmm. and and do. Uh, tagging mark recapture studies basically to to put tags and take measurements on these uh nesting females to basically get a a feel for which females are coming back how frequently they're coming back how many of them are coming back um to try to understand the population better oh so you Um, like so how do you know if it's the same turtle so we put on tags that are either uh, external that you can read without anything or okay. we also use uh, a microchip which is like oh. what people use in their cats and dogs mm-hmm. that you have to have a special reader for oh. so we usually put both of these tags on the turtle so that if one is lost you can still identify the individual mm-hmm. um and if anybody sees the turtle anywhere they can read the external tags on her front flippers as long as they don't have barnacles growing on them or other mm-hmm. complications um but only People who have the readers, which is basically anyone who has a scanner for it at the right frequency, um, can read the the internal microchip tags. This episode is brought to you by Bruch. Think about how many times you've brushed your teeth in your lifetime. You probably do it without thinking at this point. Thanks to Bruch, you'll never brush again. Brushing your teeth is a chore, but brushing is fun and 100 times as effective. It cleans your teeth at 31,000 movements a minute, and a manual toothbrush just tops out at 300. And what's great about this toothbrush, uh, Bruch specifically, it has a four-week battery life. Mm-hmm. It has a smart timer with a quad pacer. So you'll be brushing in like, let's say, for example, I cut up my, my mouth in four pieces, right? That's mm-hmm. how I brush. So I'll start on the top right. And then it'll pause and you're like, okay, now it's time to switch. And it'll pause again. And so you do that for all four quadrants, which is awesome. And it has six cleaning modes. So they have daily, white, gentle, gum, max, and tum. And so I I normally brush mine on gentle because I got sensitive teeth. Mm -hmm. 
And you can refill your subscription. Three replacement brushes shipped every six months for just $18. If you want to get 15% off your brush when you use promo code COCO at brush.com, go ahead and visit the site. Try it 90 days risk-free and get a two-year warranty. That's brush.com, B-R-U-U-S-H.com, promo code COCO. Do the sea turtles get scared like when you approach them to put these on, or are they pretty or, calm? Or do oh, yeah. I? Because I picture yeah. a long stick that you guys try to use, or you know, uh, <laughs> like a blow dart no. to put it on their back or something. No, no, no. no. Well, we actually get pretty close to them in order to tag them, but yes, they can be spooked fairly easily. And mm-hmm. different species uh, spook differently, um, and obviously, different individuals are different you know just like you might like scary movies but your neighbor Mm -hmm. doesn't um turtles are kind of like that too but they can very easily be spooked and um we take a lot of precautions in order to not approach them until they're at this point of nesting where it's a lot less likely to spook them and we encourage people to not be out on the beach looking for the turtles because they are so easily spooked um yeah definitely yeah and you guys you guys know what you're doing with all your research like if someone else right. don't go out on the beach and try to do anything to these turtles anybody <laughs> let let them do it right 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 <laughs> aside from the fact that it's illegal to harass oh there you go <laughs> harass them or, or, yes. or approach them in any way it's illegal uh, it can, it's also not good for the turtles which is why it's illegal mm-hmm. um but we have our permits and our training in order to do it so yeah and how often do you see that the like turtle will be coming back to ha- to lay eggs yeah how, how often are they laying eggs i yeah. guess uh so there are kind of two different ways to answer that how often within a season mm-hmm. um because it's individual can lay more than one nest um, oh yeah, a, a nesting female, I think we've documented up to eight times in one nesting season, but I think the average is much lower than that, probably closer to like four or five um, would be my guess. Um, usually every 12 to 14 days. So she lays her nest, goes out into the ocean, gets the next clutch ready inside of her, and then comes up and does it all again two weeks later. Oh, wow. Um, so they, do they have fun. to mate several times or just from that first... Uh, contact that they have, they can have several sets of eggs. Yeah, they can store sperm. So they mate multiple times, um, most likely as they're migrating back to their nesting grounds because they don't live in their nesting grounds full time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So as they're migrating and they encounter males, um, they'll mate with them. Whether or not they're mating in between nesting is kind of up for debate um some of them i'm sure if they encountered a male would mate uh but it's not their their main priority mm-hmm. gotcha. at that point yeah they're mostly just trying to save as much energy as they can to put into these eggs and lay the nest because they're also not like i said they're not there full time so that's not where they're used to foraging so they're not really eating a whole lot or um working on <laughs> fat stores or anything like mm-hmm. that so they they've got a fairly limited energy supply so um, h- how long that. how far are these uh how far are these turtles traveling like uh from you know once they're done through the season laying eggs like how far out mm-hmm. do they go again uh from our area which like i said is on the west coast of florida so the eastern gulf of mexico we have satellite tagged turtles that end up in the Yucatan, that end up in the Caribbean, that end up 
the northern Gulf of Mexico, near oh, wow. Louisiana, Texas, that area. There are some that go all the way around Florida to the East Coast. There are some that live in the Keys. <laughs> and there are some that just go to Tampa Bay, which is just next door. So um, <laughs> they can, you know, anywhere from tens to hundreds of miles uh, to thousands of miles probably away. Wow. To, Such interesting And species. so I have some more questions. I'm sorry. I'm like, no, this, this is what it's um, for. So when, when the eggs are laid and then they're buried, how long do they stay under there before they hatch and then crawl to the water? It depends on a lot of different factors. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, species have different incubation times, but uh, temperature plays a huge role in incubation of probably all animals that require an incubation period. Um, hotter temperatures just make things happen faster chemically. That's mm-hmm. like a chemical property. It's not just like in de- development. Um, so nests that are in warmer areas will incubate faster than nests that are in cooler areas. So sand temperature, color, uh, water content, all of that plays a role into it. But the average here is usually around two months, six oh, wow. weeks to two months of incubation. Wow. Um, and so you keep, you yeah. keep an, you keep an eye on those nests. That seems stressful is to that, wait that long for you is, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know yeah. where the nest is and then you just kind of keep an eye on it. So no, like people interfere with it. Like build, say like, this is where people build sandcastles and go to the beach, correct? Yeah. All of our beaches, excuse me, are, uh, have public access points or mm-hmm. whether or not they're fully public or okay. private. Um, they they're all used by private homeowners as well as, as the public. Um, so what, what I actually do, um, I don't go out at night very much. Um, but I manage the, the morning surveys. So we start at the like very, very earliest light and we go out on the beach. We, we survey at the waterline to look for where the turtles came out the night before. Mm -hmm. And if it's a nest there, we'll stake Mm -hmm. off the nest to protect it. Um, and and know which nest is which and collect the data on it and we store it in this massive database that we have so we can follow each nest story um because i can tell you two months after a nest is laid i will have not remembered (laughs) the details of it because there's (laughs) been another however many three thousand nests laid between uh, those dates so um so yeah we we keep track of them all that way some of them get more data collected than others based on, mm-hmm. you know, how we're designing the the sampling of, of the area, but we do keep track of all of them. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's important too. I was reading in like an article that I think you commented on that, um, or I think this is your words, like that, that they don't have hard exterior shells that like chicken eggs have. And a lot of people are familiar with, and they just have like a leathery skin. So they're prone to crushing and popping. And so I think some people may not um, know that. And so they think that they're a lot more durable than they are. Yeah, they, that's, it's true. They don't have that hardened Mm -hmm. uh, calcified shell. They do still have a a calcium shell, but it's more of a, a, thicker, leathery, membrane-ish type thing more than than what most people envision as like when they go in their, you know, fridge in the morning and crack an egg. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hard shell is is not uh, seen on the sea turtles. So Mm -hmm. yeah, they are definitely prone rather than being crushed like a chicken egg would be like crushed if you 
dropped it or ran over it, mm-hmm. they're more likely to pop like a water balloon or something. Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by CrateJoy. You probably know what a subscription box is. In fact, you probably already have one, maybe like a meal kit or a pet box. But did you know there's one great place where you can shop thousands of subscriptions, no matter your interests? Well, there is. Welcome to CrateJoy. CrateJoy is the first and only subscription box marketplace. You can shop over thousands of unique boxes and gifts for just about anything you can imagine. Yeah, and I actually got several gifts um, off CrateJoy for my family this year. It's something that's personalized. It's fun. It's unique. I can find a box for Victor. I found a box for my mom, for my brother, for my dad, for my brother's girlfriend. There's so many, my grandma. There's so many different things, and it feels like it's totally unique to them and very personal um, for them. There's escape rooms and mystery boxes for adventures at home, which is I actually got myself one, and then boxes to boost each version of you with self-care, personal growth. There's cocktail kits snack boxes, monthly book clubs, and do-it-yourself craft kits kits for all ages. Yeah, it's great. And right now you can get 30% off your first box when you sign up at CrateJoy.com forward slash Coco. That's right. If you sign up today at CrateJoy.com forward slash Coco to get 30% off your first box and shop CrateJoy's holiday specials, CrateJoy, get joy delivered right to your door. And as they as they get older, I'm asking for a friend, right? Their shell's actually attached to their body. They're not just living in this shell. Like it's growing with them. You're asking blood. for a friend. Asking for a friend, right? They they can't just get out yes. of the shell, right? Yes. So that the shell that I was just talking about was their um their egg shell, not their turtle shell. Yeah. Uh, so the turtle shell, which is what you're talking about, is actually part of their rib cage. So it's connected to them. They can't take it off like all the cartoon turtles do. It's not like a jacket. Mm-hmm. It's an actual part of their body. Imagine basically if your ribs were on the outside of your skin, which is oh, okay. essentially what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it is part of them. It grows with them. Uh, if it gets nicked or chipped or broken open, it can expose their internal organs, which is where boat strikes become some of the problems. For uh, them. And does it, if, for example, if there is a crack, a small like crack in their shell, does it heal itself over time or how does that work? Yeah, they can heal. Um, it kind of depends on the severity of it. If it's if it's all the way through, if it's big, if it, or if it's uh, just a little small uh, crack, we see nesting turtles all the time with injured, uh, with healed injuries. So whether it's like a, 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 bo- a boat strike or more often a shark bite, um, they'll have these divots out of their shell that have healed over, as long as it doesn't cause too much issues with their, you know, bleeding out or injuring an organ um and they can still get around with it it can heal and they can continue to be turtles um and live which is great (laughs) is it common for them to get bitten by sharks um i think once they get to adult size the biggest threats aside from human issues are our shark bites no way. Oh, wow i didn't know yeah that. those bastards why would they do that <laughs> i mean it's because they don't seem like a natural predator right mm-hmm. for yeah, that i mean they're they're a big animal with a lot of meat so if you're a bigger animal who needs a lot of food um mm-hmm. they're a food source for for some Interesting. I always thought they were like the cool guys of the water. Like nobody's going to mess with them, right? Maybe I'm watching too much cartoons and (laughs) Nemo. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I I think in general, they're 
they're big enough and, and sturdy enough that most thing most animals can't really hurt them. Mm-hmm. Um, but those big top predator sharks, um, the tiger sharks, the great white sharks, those those really big ones with powerful jaws, they can uh, crush through a turtle shell. So if they're hungry and a turtle's there, why why not? I guess. Yeah, and and what are what are we talking about lifespan here for these turtles? Uh, a little unknown uh, because they live in the ocean and they die in the ocean and we don't live in the ocean uh, often. So um, <laughs> we do know that they can live 80 years at least. Um, most of what we know about turtles, like I said, is from the nesting females. So most of the lifespans that we can mm-hmm. guess are based on how long turtles have been seen nesting. Um, so for example, we saw a turtle last summer nesting here that was originally tagged in 1988. Oh. So um, we know that she was at least 25 in 1988, and she's still nesting in 2020. So she's at least around 60. <laughs> oh, she, she's still ovulating. Good for her. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the other cool thing is they don't have uh, a senescence or, or a menopause period. So as long as they're alive and able to crawl on the beach, they, they'll lay nests um, mm. and reproduce. So, so what are the turtles that live like? Are there, are there turtles that live over 100 years? What turtles are those? Well, I know a lot of those like giant tortoises in the Galapagos, um, they have better records of, you know, this turtle is this turtle and we've seen it um, for 150 years or whatnot. Um, but they're on land and it's easier in some ways to, to track them because they've got oh, a smaller okay. a range. Yeah. Um, so they've got like, oh, this is the turtle that Charles Darwin saw when he was here and you know, whatever year. So, uh, (laughs) we know that it was here then it's here now it's still alive. Wow. That sort of thing. Um, sea turtles are more mysterious because we can't contain them for their whole lives in the wild. Um, they hatch as hatchlings the size of your palm, which are really a little too small for good, long-term tags yeah and their and their um (laughs) life expectancy at that rate at that size is is very low Mm. um their mortality rate is is through the roof and so it's a a little bit of a guessing game so if we say like okay let's you know tag all these turtles what are the chances that any of them are going to survive um the next time we see them uh is pretty low. So there's that complication in it that you don't get with some of those other ones that we have better ability to say like, okay, we'll keep it in this pinned off forest and then track it and see how, how it does. Um, or know that it only has a home range of, you know, two miles. And so it's Mm got to be in these two miles somewhere. Whereas a turtle literally is hatching in Sarasota, floating around the tip of Florida all the way through the Atlantic ocean, and then making its way from, you know, off the coast of England all the way back to the Caribbean before it starts <laughs> <laughs> even thinking about sexually reproduction. And at that point, I'm then retired. And then <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's difficult to, to follow them through with their life. So, so when, these, uh, when these little eggs, when they hatch and they, and they start, is that the most vulnerable time from hatching 
out of the sand and going back to the ocean? Yeah, probably. Um, they're very well adapted for life in the ocean. Uh, they've got their big rudder-like flippers. Um, they don't have fingers or claws like land turtles and, mm-hmm. and pond turtles do. So their movement on land isn't very good. They're pretty heavy. Um, like I said, their sea turtles are big for turtles. Even a small sea turtle is big for turtles in general. Um, so they aren't built well for walking and crawling on sand. So they're slow, cumbersome. They take a lot of breaks. Um, hatchlings obviously are lighter than adults, so they can crawl faster. Um, and but they don't have anything to guide them other than their instinct. So and is <laughs> there's that, that. <laughs> is is that why the light? Because I was reading something about lights at the businesses around these beaches. Is is that something that affects their senses to get back to the ocean? Yeah, it's important for hatchlings and nesting females. Uh, the hatchlings are more sensitive to it um, for some reason or another. Uh, but the instinct that turtles use to find their way back to the water or to the water for the first time has to do with the brightness of the horizon. So um, whether or not that means they go towards the brightest horizon or more recently, some people are suggesting they go away from the darkest horizon. Um, they're going towards, hopefully, that shiny water uh, that's brighter and lighter than a dark dune would be in a natural setting. Okay. But when you start putting homes and businesses and parking lots and condos and high-rises and all, all those things with their bright white lights on at night <laughs> so that we as humans can see, since we're not adapted to walking around in the dark, um, then the turtles with their little tiny pea brains don't know that that's not the direction they're supposed to go. Mm. So they end up crawling that way, assuming instinctually that that's the correct direction to find the water. And And often it leads to to bad things. (laughs) And once they hit the water then, is their survival rate pretty good or no? Uh, I would say their survival rate is pretty low until they mm. reach adulthood. And and how they, how come? Yeah, they are small, so pretty much anything bigger than them will eat them. Oh. Um, and they, uh, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing. They've They'll eat them in their life. little shell. That like Nicole makes has no like the saddest face, <laughs> saddest look like, on her yeah, face right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's part of why turtles have the reproductive strategy that they do have mm-hmm. and why they lay 100 eggs in a nest and they lay five nests in a season. Um, they're putting out thousands of offspring in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. Cause if you think about that, you know, like 500 eggs right. every two to three years, cause they don't nest every year. And then they're nesting from the time that they're 25 until they die in their eighties, nineties, hundreds. That's, <laughs> that's a ton of turtle yeah, offspring out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't put any maternal care into it. So that's their, their mm-hmm. you know, cost to benefits. Is they, well, let me just put as many out there as I can, and yep. hopefully one of them has enough sense to figure it out and get to this point and do the same thing again. So, so they will, if they ever, like, meet their mom in the ocean, will they even know? I would, no, I, I doubt it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know that they, <laughs> that they would or they even understand what a mom is um they're 
I love reptiles to death, but they are not very cognizant animals. <laughs> um, <laughs> the a loggerhead has a giant head and everyone's like, oh, that's cool. It must be, you know, so smart because it's got this huge head. And then if you actually look inside the skull, it's got these huge, massive openings. And they're like, oh, wow, look how big the brain is. And like, nope, that's muscle. The brain <laughs> is the little, the little teeny tiny thumb sized hole mm. in, in, the, in their massive head. So it's not, <laughs> they're not designed for, you know, theoretical physics or um, understanding family dynamics or anything like that. Yeah. Um, okay. That makes sense. And okay. So to wrap this up, what advice would you have to people, um, out on the beach to be able to help sea turtles as much as they can, as far as I see, there's like a YouTube video about sunscreens and, and things like that and building sandcastles. Like what advice would you give to listeners? Yeah. I mean, you can help turtles, whether you live at the beach or not. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously if you live near the beach or you go on vacation near the beach, there's some great things you can do to keep that beach um, healthy and and happy. And the best thing to simplify it that I can say is keep it as natural as possible. So keep it dark, take your chairs away, knock down any sandcastles, fill in any holes, anything that isn't what a turtle naturally millions of years may have seen mm-hmm. um, when she crawled out of the water is something that could potentially cause problems. But if you don't live near the beach, which most people don't, um, you can still, you know, reduce your general pollution, you know, use reusable bags, eliminate as much as you can using plastic or non-renewable resources, um, limit your runoff of chemicals, all all of those things that, that will help not just turtles, but the ocean in general, the the planet in general is going to help turtles because the healthy ocean is going to help a healthy turtle. Because so. in reality, we're, we're the biggest predators of um, the sea yeah. turtles, correct? Yeah, that's so sad. Like, we yeah. need to get our crap together. We're smart. <laughs> we can fix this. Like, cheese yeah. it's, it's too Yeah, a lot of... A lot of direct human impacts, whether it's, you know, catching, like bycatch and, and fishing or long lines or boat strikes or um, entanglements or mm. light pollution causing them to go the wrong direction and get hit by cars or, you know, whatever it is, a lot of that is human related. And these animals have been around for millions of years dealing with the natural things they can they can deal with hurricanes they can deal with sharks they can deal with yeah. their natural um mortality rate it's the the additional things that have caused the population problems losing their habitat um there are so many places where the nesting beach is just diminishing and they can't nest in the ocean that's part of how their egg is built it needs to be not underwater so we need to have nesting beaches for them we need yeah. to have um access to those nesting beaches and not getting hit by boats and and all all those things <laughs> so so after the uh the the what is it the nesting season this year that i guess officially it's may 1st to october 31st correct officially yes <laughs> yes officially yeah quote unquote officially yes. so how yes, are we looking calendars. yeah exactly <laughs> so how are we looking after this after having this year's data and every you know and all the years before that are, are we doing good is it better is it getting better uh our local numbers for the last 15 years have been 
on an exponential increase. Nice. Um, which is great. And it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the people 25, 30, 40 years ago who started the program and other similar programs and supported the Endangered Species Act when it was new um, because that's how long it takes these animals to reach maturity. So that's why we're now starting to see more adults, hopefully, mm -hmm. in in the wild to lay these more nests. Um, so obviously there's fluctuation year to year. We have different turtles nesting this year than we did last year. Um, so this year was lower than last year, but it's still in our top five overall and overall trends are still going up. So, okay. Well, you know what, are you trying to be the, uh, are you trying to be the Jane Goodall of turtles? <laughs> Um, I don't know that I'm trying to do that. I'm just trying to make a little bit of a difference that I can. Um, no, we appreciate, we appreciate you so yeah. much. Thank you for what you yeah, do. Thanks. Of yeah. course. And thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Um, is there, is there any, what's the website or if people want to help out or get more information, where can they go? Yeah. So, uh, I work for the Moat Marine Laboratory in, in Sarasota. Our website is really simple, just moat.org, M-O-T-E, mm -hmm. uh, .org, and you can find out information about not just my program, but all the research programs, the aquarium, the education programs, everything that we do is all linked through that website. Um, and the segment that I filmed for Mission Unstoppable is uh, going to Snapchat, which I didn't realize was a thing, but oh, cool. um, you can now watch uh, episodes of Mission Unstoppable on Snapchat. That's so and cool. And so on next Monday, actually on the 7th, is when uh, my story will appear, but they have new episodes every Monday featuring uh, women in science doing not just turtles, but all sorts of crazy, awesome things. Uh, technology and engineering and biology and chemistry and physics, all that. So um, really cool things to learn about if you're interested in that. Well, that's awesome. Well, well, thank you so much. Nicole had to walk away with the dogs who started barking at the FedEx guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, <I> understand. <laughs> but we really appreciate you and, and thank you so much for being on the show with us today. And, and we wish you the Absolutely. best. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Yes, thank thank you. you so much. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. -bye. Yep. <laughs> Bye. What a great conversation. Yeah, do you I loved feel, it. Did you, do you feel now more connected with turtles than you ever did before? Yeah, it just makes me feel, when we have those types of conversations, it just makes me feel good. Yeah. You know, it, it's just... Like you're learning something you didn't know. Learning and something. It, and it gives it gives a little... I don't know, because you, you hear about conservation efforts all the time, yeah. but until you actually sit down and talk with somebody that does that, it makes it a little bit more real. Totally. Right? And and you, you take it to heart more, mm -hmm. you know. And I feel like her life has to be so fulfilling. To oh, be, absolutely. Like, if that's what you do, you wake up every day and that's what you're, like, worried about, I feel like that's so fulfilling. Like, that's my calling. I'm going to do it. And everybody, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. My, see, the, and I think the other way, too, I think, like, like let's say let's say that's what you're doing, right? She yeah. does that all the time, every day, right? And she's focused on that one problem, right? Mm -hmm. Just that one issue. But then when you think about all the problems out there, are you like, oh my god, there's no way? No, because I think there's somebody for all of them. Yeah. And I think like some people will be like to me, 
um, oh, you, you share so much animal stuff. Like you need to share this stuff. It's like, no, you know what I mean? Well, and, <laughs> and to your defense, I mean, you're, you can't do everything. No. Right. That's just what my passion is. And so it's just, it's very easy for me to take up all the spots on my feed and my story with sharing good animal things or animals that need help. Or mm-hmm. it's just what I find that I want to do because you don't think that's what I should be doing. Doesn't, it's not going to change. I'm still going to do it. Well, and, the, and the also where the other problem lies is that person that is, is exerting their energy telling you what you should be doing. They should be doing They should stuff. be doing something else. Yeah, so it's yeah, just so. It, I love watching people do do their passion. I don't care if it's something really tiny that or that uh, that they think is really tiny or other people think is really tiny because it's actually really big. Instead yeah, of spreading, impact. if yeah. you're spreading like Okay, so on a typical day for me, I'm spreading all of my, what do I say? What do I call it? Like all of my energy throughout, say like 20 different projects. Mm -hmm. Imagine, and they're kind of like they're getting done, but they're not like getting done as fast or as good as they can be. And say I focused all my efforts on one thing. Oh my gosh. I feel like that one thing would be absolutely amazing. And if we all did that. Instead of trying to be the best at everything, yeah, it yeah. would be really good yeah. for the world. And I think there's a there's a saying like that, like you can't be the best at everything mm-hmm. because you're not giving your all to that one thing, right? Right. So yeah, no. So that is that is interesting. Anyway, changing gears, you mm-hmm. have a weird or normal for us. Today, I do. Right? Weird or normal. Um, okay, so is it weird or normal to check your Christmas lights before you put them up? Okay. <laughs> it's definitely normal. Okay. <laughs> Victor did not do that. So, okay, but let me <laughs> let me defend myself okay. a little bit, okay. right? That's fine. So I I know that, right? Yeah, you do. I do know that. But I got so gun ho. We we woke up this weekend, you know, it was after Thanksgiving, I don't know, Saturday, Sunday. Sunday? It was really warm. It was a Sunday. So it was mm-hmm. a beautiful day out. Today not so beautiful. We got like several inches of snow out. It's yeah. like a blizzard out there. It's nasty. Mm-hmm. But uh, so we wake up. It's like, okay, we're going to do the Christmas decorations. So I get up. I get the mm-hmm. ladder out. I get all the boxes. I mean, we already have them out. Get the lights. And I start going after it. I, and actually, I went and helped your dad uh, unload wood. Yeah. He had a whole trailer of uh, firewood. Yeah. So I helped him do that. And I got back here and I was like, all right, it's time to go. So I start, I get up there with the ladder, start hooking everything up. I get three quarters of the way done with the roof of the house, doing the outline. And I go, oh, Nicole, (laughs) do you know what I forgot to do? I forgot to check the lights. (laughs) And she's like, "Uh uh-oh. And I was like, well. I was like, well, they're honestly like really good lights. She spent a lot of money on these lights. Our odds are really great that they're going to work, okay? Because I bought like the bougie lights. Yeah, and they're like the short bulbs, so they have like less chance of breaking. And we've only used them once, one time before this. I was like, oh, they're going to be, they're like the icicle ones. I mean, they're going to be fine. And so I connect them, (laughs) and lo and behold, out of, I think it was three long strands that we had hooked up together. Yeah. Two of them had half of the lights that didn't turn on. And we're like, oh, my God. So we, we, we checked the fuses to make sure the fuses were fine. Then we started fiddling a little bit with the bulbs. But we're like, there's no way we're going to find this out in this amount of time. There's lights already on the house. like, So yeah. we had to go buy more lights. And I had to uninstall and reinstall all yep. the lights again. Yeah, but we got it done. It looks great. So normal would be... Check your lights. Yes. Because there's other places now across the U.S. where you wouldn't have put lights up yet because you don't have to. Over here, you got to do it a little early because of winter. So oh, yeah, we're a little word early. Word huh? of advice to every, uh, every person, especially I know the 
whoever's doing lights that day is going to be pissed off, right? Because <laughs> doing lights is not as fun as it seems. Uh, so that to save yourself a little bit of anger, frustration, and time, mm-hmm. check your lights. Do yourself a favor. <laughs> I did get a lot of messages on Instagram of people saying that they've done the same thing this year. Oh my gosh. And I, the thing is, I, like I was telling Nicole, and Nicole used to do the same thing. I used to sit with my parents before we did anything with lights, before mm-hmm. we even put them on the Christmas tree. The first thing is we all sat around, connect the lights and check the bulbs, switch bulbs, you know, with the old, you know, whatever. <sighs> Christmas. You decorate a lot too here. Nicole really goes gun ho. She made me put a village together, and yeah. I've never done that before. My mom buys us every Christmas. She buys us one of the little village houses, or we got an ice skating rink over there with figurines that move. Yeah, yeah that move and skate. Um, so it's we have pretty... three houses, like one big house and two other smaller houses. Actually, yeah. in one of the houses, they dance, don't they? Yeah, they do. <laughs> so uh, it's pretty cool. And Victor put it together this year. I, you know, I almost did. Nicole's like, "I'm gonna shower." You start putting the village together. I was like, "No." And then I felt bad. And you then didn't say she- no like that. You were just like, you're like, <laughs> no, it was worse. You're like, can I just sit down for a minute? Well, <laughs> granted, we were up from like 8 a.m. Yeah. all the way, and that was like that had to be around like five like, o'clock. We had so much energy that day. That was like we were running a leg of the rate of the amazing race. That's and then we what watched the Mike like. Tyson fight that night until like one in the morning. You're right. So that was a long day. But then before she went in the shower, I felt bad that I said no, and I was like. No, because before I was like, you're like, grab me a beer and I'll well, do it. No, that's what I mean. So I felt bad that I had said no. So mm-hmm. before you went into the shower, I was like, grab me a beer and I'll do it. Right? And so she, she got me the village. She grabbed me the beer and I started <laughs> doing it and I, and I got it done. <laughs> and what I didn't tell you is, you know, that they had fake snow for that over there. So I was opening up the boxes, right? Which one? Did you throw away the fake snow? No, I didn't throw away. Nicole hasn't heard this before. I'm just telling her now. So I opened one of the boxes, right? And it said, it had like the, the, the house and it had a dog with the thing on it with the snow or whatever. And then it had a little bag of fake snow, like a plastic bag. And I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> that we're not, because I just foresee that being all over the ground, all over the counter. We That's ridiculous. I'm going to find that. No, it's put away. You're good. You don't need it. I should have never said anything. No, it would look better with fake snow. On what? What? It's not for the ice skating ring. No, it's for a round. We don't need... You, what are you, how are you going to collect that later? We're not... No, it's fine. We don't need it. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, anyways, what's the Spanish word of the day? Oh, you want to know the Spanish word of the day? <laughs> he doesn't know it, so he's stalling right now. I do know it. Okay, what are is it? Are you ready? Yeah. Adbord. What? A-R... A-R-B-O-L. Is that? Yeah, A-R-B-O-L. Turtle. Adbord. Turtle. No, it's not turtle. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually, that would have been a good one, but you would have got it. It's tortuga. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, árbol. Can you use it in a sentence, please? Uh, tenemos un árbol en esta casa. Fake snow? <laughs> <laughs> snow is nieve. But don't make me use all these up because we've got, you know, oh. Christmas episodes coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I'd board. Can you use it? We in a, have one in our house. Can you use it in what, a chimney? Can you use it in a sentence, English sentence, but except for switch the English word to Spanish, please? Okay, that's very specific. <laughs> During Christmas, you have to have an iboard in your house. Christmas tree? Tree. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. That was, yeah, it made a whole lot easier when I had to do an English sentence with a Spanish word in the middle of it. (laughs) 
You know, you know what we should start doing? Instead of just the Spanish <laughs> word of the day, I got to say the word and then you have to try to spell it first. And then you go and <laughs> go about trying to, trying to uh, Maybe. figure out what it is. Maybe that'll be the 2021 thing. <laughs> 2021. Come on. Are you, isn't it crazy that we're today, today, as we're doing this podcast is December 1st. Yeah. Like, isn't that crazy? That is. Time flies. Yeah. It was just, um, it seemed like a couple months ago when we were at the roaring 1920s wedding, we were at bringing in 2020. Yeah, yeah, We yeah, thought yeah. it was going to be such a good year. What fools we were. What fools we were. 2021 has been a big kick in the gonads. 2020. <laughs> That's what I said. Did I say 21? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 2020 has been a Don't big... already jinx 2021. I'm please. sorry. Knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay wrap us up babe. all right thank you guys so so much uh, please <laughs> a kick in the gonads a kick in the gonads please don't forget to rate review and subscribe the easiest ways on the little podcast apple podcast apps little purple app on your phone or you can just go to apple podcast you can listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts google play spotify stitcher tell all your friends you can always go to www.cococalientepodcast.com make sure to follow us at coco caliente pod on twitter and at coco caliente podcast on instagram and don't forget to check out our merchandise which we're almost sold out of everything pretty much <laughs> <laughs> we do got to restock soon but 2021 will be the year All right. Thank you, guys. (laughs) One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. (laughs) AutoTrader. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.